Blog Talk Radio. Driving all night, my hands wet on the wheel. It's talking in circles. That's the voice in my head that drives my heel. With your hosts, Clayton Caldwell. My baby calling till I need you here. And John Harlow. And that's a half past four and I'm shifting gear. Welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with Zach Roethlisberger filling in for John Harlow today. And we have a very special edition of Talking in Circles for you. Tonight, I'm very excited for tonight's show, Zach. We will talk to 2000 NASCAR Xfinity Series champion Jeff Green. Obviously, we'll we'll discuss his upbringing. Uh, That 2000 Series championship, which was the most dominant championship uh, in NASCAR Xfinity Series history, he won by 616 points. Uh, those three years he spent over there at PPI and Motorsports were incredible, won a lot of races. We'll discuss that, as well as maybe some of his 2017 plans. Plus, it was a long week of the NASCAR media tour. They all got done uh, kind of, you know, tying things up as far as the Sprint Cup Series went. We're still learning things about the Truck Series and the Xfinity Series, as well as we get closer and closer to Daytona here this week. Zach, thanks for helping me out tonight. Uh, what's going on? Hold on one second, Zach. Um, all right, that's better. Zach, thanks for helping me out tonight. What's going on with you? Uh, nothing, man. Uh, excited to talk to 2000 Xfinity Series Jeff, Jeff Green tonight. Um, excited to learn of his 2017 plans, hopefully. Um, big week in NASCAR this week. Uh, a lot of changes announced. Um kind of finishing some loose touches on what we don't know. You know, a driver announcement still being announced today. So, uh, good week for NASCAR, and uh, like I said, excited to talk to Jeff tonight. Yeah, a lot of big changes in NASCAR. We talked about on the show earlier this week, if you missed it, with John Harlow, we talked about the format changes. Uh, we did a, a, a show, an entire show on the format changes and how we think they're going to go down. I'm interested to hear Jeff Green's thoughts on that as well. He's been in the sport a long, long time seen a lot of changes. You know, his first start was 1990. Um, and these, these are monumental changes here uh, in NASCAR, Zach. I, I'm personally curious. I think there's a lot of good things about it, about the points. I like that they're rewarding them, but I'm not in love with them uh, slowing the races down due to caution. Uh, what are your thoughts on these new these new format changes here in NASCAR in 2017? Well, I, I think the first word to describing describe them is confusing, right? Um, you know, with a sport that's uh, been declining in ratings through the past couple of years uh, and trying to uh, attract new fans, I mean, when you look at how these points are now laid out and how we're going to break races down, I mean, as for somebody who's watched NASCAR for a long time, I mean, this is going to take a while for me get, to get this down and pick this up. And, and now you're going to try to attract these new fans um, who are going to be confused as well. So I think confusing is the, the, the first word that, kind of comes to mind when discussing these new changes, but um, to, to get a little bit deeper into that, um, I, I think it's a short-term Band-Aid um, for pleasing the, uh, the the new sponsorship and the uh, TV companies um, in terms of ratings, because I, I just, you know, I, I do agree that the ratings have been declining, and, well, that's a fact. Um, I just don't know if this was the change to make. I mean, I don't know if, you know, considering the format, this, this was the change to make with the format. I think there is a lot of us, other NAS or things NASCAR could have looked at. And like I said, it's going to be, I, I'm optimistic. I mean, I, I am excited to see how these are going to play out. I, I don't think it's as bad as I initially thought was going to happen a mm-hmm. couple of weeks ago. Um, so I am optimistic, but I, I'm still not sure that this was the right move to make. It's interesting because I think there's a lot to take in. And if you're an old school fan like I am and like you are, I know, you know, I personally love long green flag runs, but I think I'm on the minority on that. And that's what kind of, uh, I think a lot of people look at and say, well, you know, we needed to change that a little bit because a lot of people kind of leave in the middle of these races. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out here in 2017. Okay, guys, uh, here's something we've been waiting for all night. Uh, 2000 NASCAR Xfinity Series champion Jeff Green joins the show. Jeff, thanks for joining the show. Oh, you're welcome. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, Jeff, the first thing I wanted to ask you, you came into the sport in 1990 and you've enjoyed an illustrious career, winning an Xfinity Series championship, 
and driving for some of the most pristine names in the sport. But as you know, the sport's changed significantly through the past 27 years. Could you first give a little bit of a background of how you personally came to the sport, Jeff, and then a little bit of an overview of what it takes to come into the sport in 2017 for a young driver from your observation? Uh, well, I, how I got started, I started, uh, my brothers and I started at a young age racing go-karts and worked our way up to uh, late models around home here in Kentucky. And, um, you know, that led into a, a, a running around Nashville, Tennessee at the fairgrounds, which was a 5-8 mile uh, fairly high bank track that, uh, you know, when you run on quarter mile tracks all your all your life and you go to a 5-8 mile, it's like running a super speedway for, for, the, for a kid back then. So, uh, we got, you know, opportunities to run late miles there, and I got with a couple guys there in Nashville to uh, to actually work on a late model and drive it, and that was my job. So um, well, I was able to build the car, work on it, race it, drive it, and fix it, and go home and clean it up and go back the next week. So it was, it was a, a fortunate, you know, I was fortunate to have a job in racing and to be able to, to drive the car. So I uh, got a lot of exposure at Nashville, the fairgrounds there, driving that late model. They would... Uh, Earnhardt and Harry Gant and Rusty Wallace, they'd come in and race with us there once in a while, and we'd beat them pretty hard. So maybe, you know, I think I turned some eyes there to be able to maybe make it to the next level. Now, I guess my first really, uh, I guess back up, the first opportunity I had in the Bush Series in 1990 was with, was with my late model owner there in Nashville. So we, I got my face and out there and got, you know, got some exposure that year and, uh uh, we able, we able to the uh, next couple of years we was able to run some Bush Series races and um, I don't know how many we ran in '92 '93 and, 93 and um, I guess in '94 kind of gave really kind of gave up on my career uh, as driving and Michael Waltrip was you know a high school friend and uh, he gave, he gave me an opportunity to work at the uh, the Bahari Racing Team and, and spot for him work on those cars during the week and spot and uh, Michael and and Dale Earnhardt being the good friends they were. He got me the job driving, uh, basically, you know, put my foot in the door driving Dale's, uh, Dale Sr.'s Bush car back in 95. And along the way, I got opportunities. Um, you know, I, I, I really, I think I lived off, I didn't bring any money to the table. I lived off my talent on the racetrack and I was able to, to get to the next level by winning races and being competitive each and every week. And, uh, knowing that, you know, when we got out there, we hopefully we can bring the car home and see the checker flag and, been able to uh, have you know results at the end of the day so that was that was back in 1990 in the 90s and in early 2000s now i think it's a lot different um it's not about really what you can do i think it is what you can do on the racetrack but it's more off the racetrack and and how much money or a sponsor that you can bring to these race teams back uh in the 90s and when i was getting going it was all getting going it was all about um what you could do for them on a racetrack. If you could bring trophies home for them, now it's uh, how much money you can bring. The teams back in the day would have the sponsor, not you know a driver would they would hire the driver to drive the car, and uh, hopefully the sponsor and the and the driver met eye to eye and and they liked each other and it all worked out. But nowadays it's it's a lot different. It's uh, a lot you know the, the, I think the the whole situation our world's different for one, but the whole situation is a lot younger drivers. Uh, sponsors putting money behind the driver, taking it to, to the team they can afford to take it to, and it's just so much different these days. And I don't think the racing's any different. It's just a lot different faces, and the way you get there is a lot different. For sure, and and I can agree with that. I think we all can kind of see that. It's getting younger. You know, you see people like Chase Elliott, who are 20 years old and uh, going out there running in the Sprint Cup Series. No doubt about it. Jeff, you had an interesting career because. Uh, you know, you mentioned Jeff Dale Earnhardt. You got your first start with his first two seasons there in, at DEI in the Xfinity Series, and you didn't win a race. Then you went to Gary Bechtold in 1997 and won Las Vegas. Um, I, I read something earlier today that, that that was a very special win to you. Does that win stick out as your favorite win, your first win in the Xfinity Series, because it sort of made you legit, like you felt like you belonged there? Well, I don't think you ever forget your first one, and, you know, I always go enjoy going to Vegas even these days. Uh, and, and it's changed a lot. The racetrack's so much different nowadays. But I always go enjoy going there and getting on that, those facilities because I know that was my first win. Um, not that 
you know, I I, I, kinda, I didn't want to rub it in anybody's face, but not that I wasn't good enough to, to win in the three-car. It just didn't work out. We had some races won, and the caution come out, and something will happen. So, you know, we, we should have won some races at the three-car with Dale and those guys. They worked really hard for me, and I felt like, you know, we worked day in and day out. I worked on the race car, worked in the shop, and we really gelled really well, I thought. But uh, just something wasn't there to make it click to get the victory lane. And uh, when I went to Gary Bechtel's uh, at Diamond Ridge Motorsports, you know, I had I had friends there already. Wes Ward was the crew chief. I've known Wes for a long time coming into that deal. And uh, they believed in me 100% as much as I did them. So it just it worked out. And Las Vegas Wall would be, be a special place. To say it's my favorite win, I don't know. There's... Every win's your favorite one, I think. There's so many stories behind each each and every win that uh, we could talk all night about that. Some of the things that uh, I want. I remember winning at Charlotte, uh, Matt Kenseth. We raced hard at the end of the race there, the last five or six laps, and passed each other a couple times. He had me jacked up sideways when I seen the checkered flag. So, it, you know, being friends with Matt, we can laugh about that, you know. And it was a great race for me. And there's just so many, so many, um, you know, versions or races you can look at that we won. Um, and even the ones that we run second or third in, I mean, there's so many stories behind all those all those uh, uh, races. I remember a, a specific race. I think it was South Boston. I'm, forgive me if I'm wrong. I battle with Bill Earnhardt Jr. back in the day. I think it was '99, and you could have roughed him up, and you ran him clean. And I remember that was a, a very uh, exciting finish. But you finished second for that one. And when I think of you, Jeff, and I think of your career, I think of the time we had with PPI Motorsports and Greg Pollock and Harold Holly and all those guys. You really, really dominated the series. You were the uh, set a record for how many points of a championship? 616 points over Jason Keller. Six wins in 2000 with 25 top five finishes. What was that whole experience like with PPI Motorsports? Uh, you know, can you describe how, how you sort of got into that deal? And did you feel like it was going to be something special right when you got there? Well, I felt like it would be. Um, I, I really, going into that uh, into that season, we'd run second the night in the '99 season, and we actually missed the Rockingham race because of rain. It rained qualifying out in '99, uh, so we we come up one short one race short uh, because we didn't have any points. We were a startup team, uh, so we didn't get to race Rockingham. And we, actually, if we'd had to, got to race Rockingham, we'd had a chance to win the championship in '99. Um, but anyway, going into 2000, we knew that we had a plan. We knew that we had great cars and great motors and a lot of great people surrounding me as a driver. And, um, uh, you know, I think our destiny was in our hands. So, uh, we, we were able to go into each and every race and take one race at a time. Uh, there's a lot, you know, a lot of the stars lined up, you might say, to, to have those top five finishes each and every week. And, you know, when you're not winning the race, the best next best spot to be is in second and third and places like that so we put ourselves in position to win a lot of races that year we won six like you said uh set on a lot of poles so uh it was a special year i mean i think we're the last um xfinity regular we we didn't have any cup affiliation back you know then that and that was the last champion i think that's won the this the the xfinity series other maybe uh well this year is still a cup team basically but uh, mm-hmm. That was the last time, uh, you know, you might say it, stay a not a not a cup team won the championship. So proud of that, and I'll always probably stay out of the way. Um, but again, we had a lot of luck. Um, There's a few races we probably could have won even more, but um, we was able to finish in the top five, and that's you know that was that was really I think the um, the glory at the end of that season. Not only won races, but we were in the top five, 25 out of I think 32 races that year. So it's pretty pretty do- pretty dominant year for us. And Jeff, in that 2000 championship season, you won races at South Boston, Milwaukee, and Rockingham, to name a few. If you had it your way, which track would you love to see NASCAR bring back and why? Well, I mean. Especially in the Xfinity Series, I think some of the, you know, South Boston, Myrtle Beach, places like that, um, we would definitely put on a great show there, uh, the Xfinity Cars would. Uh, Rockingham has so much history there, and it's such a great racetrack. It's it's a small Atlanta, basically. You, you hear the drivers talk about Atlanta, how good that racetrack is, where you can move around, run inches off the fence, or you can ride right on the bottom, through the middle, wherever. Rockingham was that kind of racetrack, and... Uh, to win at a place that, you know, it's pretty special, like Darlington. We won at Darlington. Being able to pull that, pull in victory lane at Darlington was just another 
a feather in your hat and a thing that something growing up here in Kentucky that I thought I would never ever get to do that and uh, you know just blessed to get in that situation with Harold and those guys at PPC to be able and with Nesquik on board to be able to have the the resources and the money to do that and uh, Greg Pollux was such a great owner to be able to put us in those situations but there's so many great racetracks North Wilkesboro is one of those tracks that you look back and I got to run the last cup race there and um, and it's just a track that uh, so much history and you know we go to so many racetracks that look the same they don't I don't think any of them drive the same or you don't approach either, any of them the same but uh, Charlotte and Atlanta and those places like that uh, Texas uh, they're all kind of mile-and-a-half cookie-cutter tracks, you might say, but uh, they all drive different as drivers. The fans probably think they're the same racetrack. But uh, some of those facilities, like you talked about, uh, Milwaukee is such a great racetrack that we should be there. So uh, Memphis Motorsports Park, uh, I was going to Arkansas this week to duck hunt, and we went by there. So I uh, just, just brought back some memories there. I was able to, to win there, too. So it was, it was uh, you know, some of those racetracks need to be back on the schedule. Unfortunately, there's no more weeks, you know, that we can do that. So uh, NASCAR is, is trying to put us in, in the prestigious places to race, I think, and to, be, to get the most exposure for our teams and our, and our, and our sports. So I uh, can't argue with their, you know, what they've done for, for our sport. They've done a great job, and I just wish we could go back to some of those South Bostons and Myrtle Beach for sure. Yeah, I think we both agree with that one, Jeff, for sure. Uh, obviously, the big news of this week, Jeff, were the format changes that NASCAR announced. Um, what do you think of these? Cha- what do you think of these changes? Do you think it might help little teams you run for these smaller teams here the last few years? Will it help close the gap a little bit as far as the format changes go? What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it was something that needed to be done? Well, I don't. You know, I haven't really paid a lot of attention to it. I've heard just the ins and outs of what's going on, but uh, I really feel like you know. When you when you win races and you lead laps, you should retain those points. I think that's the biggest thing they're going to do is be able to retain those points going into the last ten races in in the, in the chase. So that would be a bonus for for the guys that's running up front and winning races. And uh, you know, it, if you can lead, I had a couple chances to lead every lap of a couple races back in my day, and uh, to be able to lead every lap and to be able to get paid for that or get get bonus points for that, I think it'll be a bonus for for the racing. And, and I don't, you know. Thinking about it, as a driver, I know Jimmy Johnson and Dale Jr. and uh, Elliot Sadler, everybody that races hard, they race hard every, every lap. They're going to try to lead. They want to go out and lead every lap anyway. So it's not going to probably do anything on on their mindset, I don't think, of, of when they enter that race and try to pull it off that day. I think they're going to run as hard as they can run ever as that car allow them to run. Uh, and, you know, that's probably not going to change any, but – being able to reward themselves with points at the end of the day or the end of uh, when a chase starts, I think that's going to be a bonus for everybody. And, and Jeff, NASCAR has taken some swings with the downforce reduction, uh, splitter overhang, and reducing the spoiler for the Xfinity Series 2017. Uh, what are your thoughts on how these are going to affect the on-track product for the series moving forward? Well, you know, it's going to make the car slide around more. Uh, we saw it last year when they did it to the cup cars. That the cars got harder to drive. Uh, tell you the truth, I, my car's been pretty hard to drive the last couple of years anyway. So, um, you know, it's going, to be, it's going to make the, I think, and this is my opinion, and everybody's got one, but you got the, the good cars, the good teams, the people that have resources that are filled away with cup stuff, they'll be able to overcome what they've lost. Uh, the smaller teams will be fighting trying to figure that out, and it'll take us longer to do uh, what those other guys can do in a shorter period of time. So I don't think it's going to – it's probably going to make better racing uh, for the top 15 or 20, uh, but the guys in the back are going to be struggling even worse. So, you know, it's just tough to to fight those rule changes without being able to go and, and put, your st- put your car in a wind tunnel. The only thing we can do is go to the racetrack and try stuff and try – as a driver, I'm going to have to put – give feedback as much as I can to be able to overcome what we lost, and hopefully we can uh, do that quickly and, and it'll help us uh, be able to get ahead of the curve maybe quicker than maybe some of them can. And, and I know, Jeff, your, your job is, is to get in the car and make it go fast, but let, let's do a, a hypothetical situation here. If, if Jeff Green got to be the commissioner of NASCAR for one day and make one change, whether it be with the format, car, schedule, et cetera, Jeff, what would that change be and why? 
<laughs> I don't know if I'm smart enough to tell you that answer or not, but um, you know, I don't. I think they do a great job. Other than, you know, I think we were on the road too long, too much. Uh, we need some. I think the teams, the drivers. I mean, we can we fly in and fly out. Uh, so I don't, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. But those teams are on the road so many times, so many weeks out of the year. I think that would be the biggest thing to be give give the guys a break, and um, it would be nice to have a weekend off each month. And I know that's cutting into the schedule, but uh, it's just tough to be. It just takes people and money. I mean, the smaller teams, uh, you know, have you know five or six people that go on the road with with each car. And there's none back at the shop. And the bigger teams, they have plenty of people to go on the road and plenty of people back at the shop working on them. So it just cuts into our small teams, um, you know, time to be at home with their family, uh, time to be away from the shop or away from the racetrack. So I think, you know, I don't know, They you could talk about all night long changing schedule or changing what they do at the racetrack to be able to do that. But, um, you know, it's probably not – I hadn't really looked at the schedule this year, but I know there's, you know, 20-some races in a row and – not have a weekend home, um, uh, you know, you're gone. I'm gone from Thursday to Sunday just about every week, and that's not much time at home. Mm-hmm. And I know the guys that, that work on the cars and the guys that go up and down the road in the trucks, you know, they're never home. So it's just I think that would be the thing that I would look at first. And we talked about your, your seasons with DEI there. When you ran those first two seasons, they only had 26 races in the Xfinity Series then, and they ran a lot of them on the East Coast. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think less is more sort of in that state. And we're talking to NASCAR, former NASCAR Trinity Series champion Jeff Green here on Talking Circles tonight. Clayton Caldwell and Zach, Zach Roethlisberger with you. Just a couple more here, Jeff. Um, last season you split time between Rick Ware Racing, TriStar Motorsports, BJ McClode Racing, uh, and you got your first top ten in over a decade. Are you ready to announce anything for your 2017, what you have going on? Is there anything going on for, in Jeff Green's uh, 2017 season? It is. Uh, B.J. McLeod, I'm going to drive for them. Uh, we're going to have two cars, and some weeks we're going to have three, so uh, it'll be the number eight uh, number eight car. And uh, B.J.'s working hard on sponsorships, and, um, you know, he says we're racing whether we have one or not, so uh, that's a bonus. Um, we'll definitely be one of the smaller teams, and this year will be tougher. Uh, we've got more uh, quality uh, teams that's going to be racing. We've got three or four more that's coming in this season that more than we had last year, so... Uh, so we're going to have to be on our game. Um, uh, Jeff Green's going to have to go out and drive as hard as he can, be smart, and bring, bring it home with each and every week. Try to get it, you know, get see the checkered flag and do the best job we can for what we got that week. And uh, this this will be a, a race, you know. I don't. I've been starting parking the last three or four years and being able to race a little bit, but this year we're going to race all uh, 33 or 34 races, how many there is, and do the best job we can. We we are able to, you know, finish in the top ten there at, at Daytona. Uh, the restrictor plates are a little bit of an equalizer, and hopefully we can go to Daytona mm-hmm. here in about three weeks and have it, you know, equal a good run, or if not, in uh, top 15 anyway. And get we'll be a a new car, so we, the first three races we'll have to make, uh, you know, to try to get established in the points to be able to go on the rest of the season. So that's my main focus, just to get qualified for each of the first three and do the best job we can through the race and get the most points we can in the first three races where we can. Um, you know, have that to fall back on if we need to on down the schedule. But, you know, I'm just proud of uh, all the guys at BJ Motorsports to be able to give me the opportunity and just proud of uh, Mark Smith at, at TriStar and give me the opportunity the last four or five years to be able to at least be at the racetrack and uh, be able to show what I can do, uh, you know, every once in a while in the race. And um, hopefully we can get more opportunities to have top tens. That's awesome. I tell you, number eight, a little bit of a throwback there from when you won your first race. Yeah, how about that? That was uh, it was going to be ninety nine, and BJ was able to get the eight number, so that's pretty cool. It's that's probably one of my favorite numbers. Any time you get in the single digits, uh, it's pretty cool to have that on your race car. So we're just looking forward to it. Hopefully we can uh, we can hold that. Uh, you know, ho- hopefully we can do it, do our job in in the car. And uh, got a lot of cool things happening. So BJ's a growing. His uh, his team is growing. He wants to be here for a long period, of t- long period, and long term, and and hopefully he can, and uh, hopefully I have a part to do in helping doing that. Uh, thank you so much. Just one more question here, and we're excited for your 2017 plans. Um, you know, there's a lot of newer fans who look at your career and say, you know, Jeff Green had a lot of success, totally just kind of go off and, and kind of ride into the sunset. Why does he go out there and run in lesser equipment? Uh, 
why do you do it, Jeff? Do you, do you still enjoy going to the racetrack every weekend? I do enjoy going to racetrack. I mean, it's like I said, it's almost been I don't know twenty, I guess twenty seven years I've been doing it here in NASCAR, and I've been I'm fifty four years old, and I've been racing something since I was eight. So I've been, that's really all. No, uh, really is to, to is to go set in a race car, and you know I'm fortunate enough, and and I'm I'm blessed enough to people that want me to drive the race cars. So um, until they quit calling and and not want me to drive a race car, I'm probably not going to look to do anything different. Um, I don't you know how much how many how much how many years I've got left uh, i'm gonna do all i can do to be competitive i feel like i can still get the job done as a driver um you know i still have fun and it's the you know it's i look forward to the to the challenge to go out and try to make whatever i'm driving better and and do the best job i can with that particular day and uh, hopefully that we can pull that off again this year so i feel like i'm still competitive and i guess you know to answer your question i'm gonna keep doing that until i don't feel like i'm competitive well, Jeff, I tell you what, it's been an absolute pleasure tonight talking to you. We appreciate you coming on and giving us a few minutes. Yes, sir, I enjoyed it. I appreciate y'all having me. Y'all have a great night. Hopefully we can, you too. Thanks, hopefully Jeff. We can answer some answers here for long. <laughs> yeah, and we'll be pulling for you in Daytona down in the Xfinity Series. Thank Jeff you, Jeff Green, 2000 Xfinity Series champion there with us, Zach. I tell you, give us a lot of good information, and it's cool to see, like I said, a throwback number there. He won his first race at Las Vegas Motor Speedway in 1997 in the NASCAR Xfinity Series in a number eight car, driving for B.J. McLeod this, this season in a number eight car. Um, get to run a full season for, you know, and like he said, he's been parking a lot out there at TriStar Motorsports um, and running occasionally here and there. But I'll tell you what, Jeff Green always seems to get the most out of his equipment. Uh, even last year, remember, he drove the 17 car in sort of collaboration deal with Rick Ware Racing and a few others uh, at Daytona in the, in the February race. And I, I go to Daytona every year, you know that, and I, and I was talking to a friend of mine who, who's a sort of younger fan getting into the sport, and he was like, you know, I said, watch this 17 car. This guy gets the most out of his, out of his stuff. You know, plate racing is sort of the equalizer, and he so, surely methodically worked his way through the field and then had something, uh, a mechanical failure that, that took him out there about halfway through the race, which was upsetting to me because I always root for the, the uh, underdogs, and I, I'm sure, you know, I always say if Jeff Green's in your race car, he's giving you 100%, and... Uh, I think BJ has made a great hire there, and it's great to see him back full time again in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Yeah, absolutely. No, Jeff Green is for sure uh, one of the the guys uh, that us old school guys um, sure surely do respect, and it's cool to see McLeod uh, have two full time teams. It sounds like this year with a third team on uh, optional weekends. So it's glad to see uh, a small team like that grow, um, and. Like you said, it's a great hire that they put an Xfinity Series champion like Jeff Green, somebody that does get everything out of his equipment, as you said, in, in their second car, and, and the A car, too, which is uh, a little bit of a surprise. Um, so, yeah, it's awesome that he announced his plans here on uh, Talking in Circles tonight and uh, wish him the best of the season. I, I agree there. And I'll tell you, um, you know, with, we see Rick Ware Racing moving up to the Cup Series and moving sort of down to the Truck Series because of the cost factor. It's nice to see some of these teams sort of stepping up to the plate and putting a car underneath somebody. And a veteran guy who, you know, um, past champion, he'll have the past champion's divisional, and he can't use it. I know the rules have kind of been fluctuating in and out the last couple of years with the past champion's divisional, and he can't use it, I think, on back-to-back weekends and only maybe six times throughout the year, but that would help them. As a team that's trying to get established, you've got a veteran smart driver in there who, who knows what he's doing, he knows these racetracks. And knows these cars, um, and really has experienced everything. Uh, and, and it'll be good to see how he does there in 2017. And again, we thank Jeff for joining the show tonight here on Talking in Circles. Um, Zach, it was a busy week this week. We talked about the rule changes before Jeff came on the, came on the station. We'll dive into that a little bit later as well. Um, but there's a new report today that NASCAR has across the board in all three series has significantly cut down on practice time. Uh, for example, in Daytona at Speed Weeks for the Cup Series, there was always that Friday practice session prior to the duels. That is no longer there. They will practice the Thursday before the du- on the day of the duels and then run the duels. Um, NASCAR is really cutting back on practice time throughout throughout the uh, all three of their series. Do you like this act? Do you think practice? What do you think about this practice time being cut down? Do you think it, there was too much practice time? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? It's tough, you know. You usually get two, three practice sessions each race, and, and now they don't. They're cutting that extra day out. 
Um, you know, I saw Dustin Long broke his story earlier today. And, you know, I, you look at some of these young guys coming to the sport, and we're going to talk about them here in a few minutes, you know, guys like Greg Alding, um, who, who don't have virtually any experience in the Cup Series, um, and now they're going to run 30-plus races. I mean, cutting practice time, I mean, to this extent, is substantial for, for those guys, those young kids who are coming into the sport um, with inexperience. So um, I'm personally not in favor of it. You know, I, I like to see as much practice time, I mean, as you can get. Um, and I do enjoy following practice sessions throughout the weekend. But um curious as to see what's the, the background behind it. I'm sure you have a little bit more information on that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Camping World Truck Series, 30 minutes, less practice time at Daytona and Atlanta. It just doesn't seem I, – I guess I'd like to see what what is the uh, the reasoning behind it or if that has come out before well, I make that decision. Ultimately, to save the team's money and to save these drivers and team's time. And let me say this mm-hmm. about the Cup Series, and, and I don't I don't know if I, this goes across the board in the Xfinity Series because they don't have the EFI and the Camping World Truck Series, but I think in the Cup Series – I think this is a great move because I think with all the technology we have with the shaker rigs, with the wind tunnel, with everything we have technology at our disposal now, do we really need three, four hours of practice? We really don't. So I am, I really think that's a good move. It'll help, I think, maybe even make these teams smaller. Now, with that being said, Zach, I would like to see NASCAR sort of open up the testing a little bit as well, where if teams want to go out and individually test, let them do that, especially on maybe the NASCAR tracks. And I know the owners, they're trying to save the owners money at the end of the day for sure. But, you know, and I know there's a, a certain rule with rookies. I'm not entirely sure, forgive me, on, on how that works, where Golding might be able to go to a racetrack this year and test because he's a rookie. Um, the same thing with Corey LaJoy, and maybe BK Racing wants to do that, sort of get the upper hand on people. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think this is a good move for the Cup Series, no doubt about it. You know, but you're right, you bring up an interesting point. You think of a guy like Landon Castle. Uh, Landon's a guy who... You know, I think a lot of people look at it and say he's a very underrated driver. If he got good stuff, he could really win. Landon Castle's career, and, and he has a good chunk of of, of uh, driving underneath his belt when he was a test driver at Hendrick Motorsports. They used him a lot when he was a kid, and I think that sort of built a foundation for success for him in the Cup Series and in the Xfinity Series, and he's kind of taken it and run with it. These kids don't have that opportunity, whether it's a Corey LaJoy or a Greg Galding. So I see your point in that. But uh, I personally, Zach, would like to see them open up the testing a little bit uh, if they want to cut down on practice. I think that's that's a good move. What do you think on that? No, I, I would agree on that. Um, I, I'd love to see them, you know, kind of take away from that ban um, to where, like you said, you know, guys like uh, Greg Alding, Corey LaJoy could take advantage of some of these tracks they haven't been to. Um, but just to put this in a, a number perspective, I mean, the Xfinity teams will now have an hour and 25 less an hour and 25 minutes less practice time at Daytona and, th- and a half hour less practice time in Atlanta, Vegas, and, and uh, Auto Club. And this, in the Camping World Truck Series, now they have a half hour less practice time at Daytona, where the Cup Series, an hour and 45 minutes less practice time, um, I believe, at each track this year. So, um, no, I, I do agree with you um, that, I mean, if you if you are going to do this, you know, let's open up the testing. I think that's um, a great point. Um, as you usually have. So, um, but yeah, it just seems like these kids that don't have experience, they're you know coming into the sport by the bunches now. It seems by the day um, that you know they could really benefit from this extra practice time. Um, so interesting to see how that's going to play out this year. For sure, it's talking circles here. Nine one seven eighty nine eight two eight zero. If you want to join a conversation, and anything we talk about here on talking in circles. That is the number to call. It's going to be interesting, Zach, where I think this is these less practice time as far as how it will affect the fan experience, the fan at the racetrack. Because, listen, you know, a report came out today, uh, several reports came out today that ISC, their attendance numbers were low for 2016. And they sort of put the blame on Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt Jr. not being there. uh, And and they lost Tony Stewart as well. So I I think they're sort of worried about the impact. But I think these format changes that we saw – with with the new they're calling them segments, they're calling them stages of the race. I think that's gonna hurt at track experience a little bit. I think it's gonna very very, very much help the T V experience for these races because you won't see as many green flag commercial breaks during the green flag run. But I think it's gonna hurt the at track experience 
at these racetracks. And I think this is another thing that's sort of to, to, to sort of uh, put into that because when you go and buy a camp, uh, you know, if you're camping at Daytona National Speedway, you're expecting to see a lot of practice. These cars on racetrack a lot of the time. Um, and in some cases, I think you might see this Cup Series get taken down to two-day shows. And I think it will hurt these fans a little bit that go to these racetracks and camp and say, whoa, 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 how come I'm not seeing the Cup guys on the racetrack nearly as much as they used to? My price hasn't gone down at all. Why am I not seeing the Cup guys on the racetrack as much? So I think that's something else to keep in mind here, Zach, uh, as we move forward with, with limiting practice time here in 2017. No, absolutely. And just to kind of comment on that, um, you know, with the way that these, these weekends have kind of shaken out, I mean, you, you look at the, att- the attendance on uh, Fridays and uh, qualifying sessions sometimes on Saturdays even, and the attendance is just way down from when you and I were growing up, um, going to races when we were little. And, and yeah, I understand that, you know, IC wants to blame it on, on Gordon Earnhardt, Stewart, whatever. Um, and, and this new format's going to, you know, try to bring these ratings back up. But I do agree that it's going to hurt experience. For instance, my father's going to the Daytona 500 this year, first Daytona 500 he's ever been to. Um, he's been a longtime fan of this sport, but he doesn't follow it as close as us. Um, he doesn't follow Bob Pockris on Twitter and, and these guys. So uh, how is he, who's never seen this format before, uh, going to go to the track and just pick this up without me sitting next to him um, or without his, uh, being on his phone? How is he going to sit there and figure out what's going on when you got ca- guys going or when the caution's out and they're doing 20 laps of caution or whatever? He's going to be lost. So, I mean, yeah, I do agree that, I mean, the at-track experience is definitely going to be hurt. Um, especially for the the older generation that, you know, aren't on Twitter and don't have smartphones and things like that. So it is going to be interesting to see how this older generation adapts to it when at the track. For sure, I agree. And I think uh, even, you know, explaining why the cars are going around in circles and you say, well, that's just the way it goes now. Why they're slow? Why is there a caution? Because that's just the way it is now. I think the fans are going to have a, a little bit of an uh, defense at the track a little bit confused, though, maybe even a little bit annoyed that, again, their price isn't going down, but they're not seeing the cars at full speed nearly as much. It's going to be interesting to see. 917-889-8280. It was NASCAR Media Tour this weekend, Zach. A lot of news came out. A lot of little news came out. We learned a lot about BK Racing. They were an interesting team going into this week, really, because there wasn't a whole lot of of idea of what was going on. Joey Gase, we knew he was running the 23 car at Daytona for BK Racing. Uh, Best Home Furnishings was the sponsor of that car. Now we get a little bit of a more clearer picture as far as what their 2017 plans look like. Uh, Greg Galding, who, who was supposed to, there was rumored to be running at the Motorsports Group uh, full time this year, will now be going moving to BK Racing for the 2017 season. He'll run for Rookie of the Year, as well as Corey LaJoy. Corey LaJoy will run the 83 car on occasion. Uh, they, they said you know multiple races in that car. They haven't given you as an amount, but Corey LaJoy will run in the Daytona 500 for that 83 car for them. So. Interesting news, and I'll tell you this. I'll give you my opinion here quick on, on the LaJoy thing. I think Corey LaJoy is a very good driver. Um, I think he, he's a guy who has worked his way up the right way. I think his dad helped and basically made him work on his race cars to get to where he needed to be. He doesn't have a ton of money behind him, which is unfortunate because I think he could do very, very well if he had the money behind him. But I'm going to be curious to see how he did. you got to remember Matthew Benedetto, who was sort of in the same career as, as – Corey LaJoy, where they weren't a top-notch Xfinity Series ride, running on occasion in the Xfinity Series, uh, BK Racing made a similar hire to, to Matt Benedetto. Now Benedetto is looked at as a, a guy who can, who can do very well uh, if the right stuff came on. And now he's running full-time in the Cup Series with this, this season with Go Fast Racing. So you've got to wonder if LaJoy, who is not sort of looked at as to run the full season this year, can do very well and, and, prove, and prove himself to where he can run full-time this year, or at least the majority of the races, and then sort of build his career this way. Um, I think I'm excited to see that because he's gotten sort of a raw deal there. Richard Petty Motorsports had him as, as a uh, development deal, but we didn't really see much from, come from that. So it's good to see Corey LaJoy sort of catch on here at BK Racing. Yeah, and if you remember Corey LaJoy um, in the K&N series, um, about I think it was 2012, actually, and it ran against Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Brett Moffitt, Daniel Suarez, to name a few, um, and I believe finished second that season to Kyle Larson. So, no, this is a kid that for sure can drive. 
Um, it's good to see him get an opportunity. And uh, to, to mention your to Benedetto point, I mean, it, that certainly has to be his expectation um, to maybe put up a sixth-place finish. I don't know where he's going to do it. Um, but, I mean, he saw De Benedetto do it, and he's raced against De Benedetto in the uh, K&N series, I believe, as well. So, I mean, that's got to be his expectation, right? He saw De Benedetto do it, De Benedetto do it this year and then get a full-time cup ride uh, with Go Fast Racing. So, uh, no, I, I absolutely agree. Corey LaJoy will be fun to watch in the 83 car this season. 917-889-8280 here on Talking in Circles. Um, if you want to join the conversation, talk about anything you heard this week, whether it was a format changer, uh, which started the, the NASCAR media tour, whether it's anything you heard tonight from Jeff Green or anything on a BK Racing uh, Circle Sport. We'll get to that in a little bit, and Michael Waltrip's news in a little bit as well. Um, you know, how about Greg Alding here? This is a kid who doesn't have a ton of experience. You know, you mentioned he ran in the E-Series. He has. He doesn't have a ton of experience in Xfinity. I think he ran a couple of races last year for Roush Fenway. But this is an interesting hire because, again, he doesn't have a ton of experience. Uh, BK Racing sort of going with these younger kids here Instead of going with the veteran last year, they had David Reagan in that 23 car. Gase is a younger guy. He'll run in his first 500. LaJoy is a younger guy. They don't sort of have that veteran presence behind them. What are your thoughts on, on hiring Greg Alding here for that 23 car for the majority of the year? Well, I, I think it's a you know an obviously a sponsorship-run deal, um, but I think the kid's in way over his head. Um, one win in the K&N West Series. Uh, a couple of years ago, he actually dumped, I believe, Paul Custer in that race, but I just don't understand, you know, what the thoughts are in terms of developing this kid. I don't know why you don't try to get at least a full year of Xfinity Series um, races under you before making this jump to the Cup Series. Um, you know, he, he ran a couple of races, I believe, for Roush Fenway last year. Um, I don't know why you don't pursue doing something like that at 18 years old rather than making the full board jump into the Cup Series. This is a kid who hasn't led a lap in the Xfinity Series. He's led uh, just a handful in the Truck Series. Um, so... You know, interesting move, uh, I guess, from his perspective. I think BK kind of just took the money uh, and put him in the car. If you look at some of the names, though, that, that could have, you know, just hypothetical, would have been fun to put in this car. You look at, look at guys like Regan Smith, uh, Parker Kligerman, Reed Sorensen, whoever, for example. So I, I think he's in over his head. I mean, 18 years old to, to get this opportunity is, you know, cool for him, but... I just don't know what my expectations are, I guess, moving forward from the season. It is a interesting hire, no doubt about it, because of the lack of experience. Um, but, hey, you know, BK Racing is going to do what they have to do to uh, stay stay in business and survive. So it's going to be interesting to see how he does in that car, no doubt about it. Um, you know, does it stun his growth a little bit? You have to wonder that. Um, you know, but maybe he explored other options and they weren't just simply out there. So this was the best one. Who really knows? 917-889-8280 here if you want to join the conversation on Talking in Circles. Uh, a couple other news here, and I don't know if this has been officially announced anywhere, but we're going to go with it anyway because this, I think, is pretty much uh, – a, everybody pretty much thinks this deal is going to get done. And I don't know if this is a full-time deal or not, but Jeffrey Earnhardt's probably most likely going to drive the Motorsports Group car with Circle Sport Racing number 33, at least at Daytona. Um, this is a kid who's, if you're not familiar with him, uh, he's Kerry Earnhardt's son, Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s grandson. So, um, for sure, I think he gets an opportunity to run for Circle Sport Racing with the Motorsports Group, however you want to word that. Uh, they'll have a starter. They're going to be locked into the Daytona 500 this year, Zach. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jeffrey Earnhardt getting that ride at, at the Motorsports Group? Well, this is a big opportunity. I mean, this is a team that has a charger. And, and like you said, it hasn't been announced if they're going to run the full season or not. But if they do, I mean, this is a, a big opportunity for this kid um, who has not been able to have the luxury of having a full-time team since he ran for Johnny Davis, I believe, in 2014. So um, I, I do like the hire. Um, I, I am a fan of Jeffrey Earnhardt, you know, based on the fact that he is Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s grandson. Um but not only that is ambition, you know, every time that Jeffrey Earnhardt seems to get in the car, um, you know, he gives 110%. At least that's what I feel. So um, I'm excited for Jeffrey Earnhardt as, a, as an Earnhardt fan. And um, like I said, you know, this is a big opportunity. This is a team that has a charger, and hopefully they uh, they get to run the full season. Yeah, for sure. I think um, having a charter, and if he runs the full season, it's definitely a step in the right direction for his career. We saw him last year run that 32 car, and let's be flat out, that 32 car didn't have a whole lot last year with him. 
I think this is going to be a different team than what we saw from the 30 car last year. A little bit of a different team. The 30 team really struggled with Josh Wise out there. Um, so, but they put the 33 on it. I think they're going to have a little bit more funding than they have. And they got that charter, which is huge for them. I think they can sort of, uh, you know, be a little bit more aggressive than what they were when they didn't have the charter a year ago. So, yeah, it's good for him. I mean, he hasn't had the success, no doubt about it. I think that he would want um, – and, and the big ride hasn't sort of fallen his way yet. Uh, like you said, he mentioned he ran for JD Motorsports, did a decent job there, uh, but he hasn't had that big opportunity yet that other drivers have had, no doubt about it. And he's sort of building his, his career a little bit of a different way, not through development contracts, but sort of working his way up the ladder in the Cup Series. So, hey, if he does a good job here, who knows where this will lead. But uh, it's definitely, uh, if it's full-time and, and, it's, and it's good to go, uh, definitely a good deal for Jeffrey Earnhardt. Little tidbit, uh, Zach, I want to talk about here, and I don't know if you have any thoughts on this real quick, but something that struck my interest here in the last couple of days is the fact that the A3 car, sort of go back to BK Racing, they, they're talking about not having a charter for that team next year, which is interesting because they have a charter. They finished high enough in points to keep their – well, they, don't really, they didn't really have a chance to lose next year for this year, but they have a charter, and there really doesn't seem to be a whole lot of teams out there willing to, that, that we have with two weeks to go to Daytona that are willing to sort of put money out for a charter. Um, do you have any idea where this charter might go? Because you can't just simply just say, hey, you know what, we're not going to use the charter and, and the House 35 charters. This charter has to go somewhere. Um, and, and that's what's really curious about it is we don't really have a, a whole lot of, of info coming out about, well, there's a team on the rise ready to sort of uh, buy the charter or rent the charter from the 83 car and go that way, and the 83 is going to run as an open team. But that's what it sounds like. But do you think there's any team that might come up, and who do you think that might be? Um, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, I'm not sure. I, I believe uh, Knight tweeted out today that the uh, the 15 car, uh, Premium Motorsports, which Michael Walsh is going to drive the Daytona 500 for, I believe they have a charter. Or they, I don't know if they just acquired one or not. but um, Yeah, they have one. They do have one. So, yeah, this 83 mm-hmm. charger is going to be interesting. Um, I, I mean, it's not like you're not going to use it, and, you know, you can't really, I believe, hang it out in the balance. So, I mean, it's pretty late in the season to, to, to sell it off to somebody. So, I mean, you want to keep that car on the track, and, and you've got a great, you know, it seems like lineup, I guess, for the, the 23 car when you where you have everybody running in terms of Joey Gase and uh, Greg Alding. You've had all the, the races built. So, yeah, the 83 team is interesting. I, I'm not sure what they're going to do with it in terms of um, are they going to apply it to that team the full season um, or not. So interesting uh, interesting point you bring up. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because you know, people have been saying that they're going to run as an open team. And, again, you know, when you, when maybe Premium Motorsports might they, – they're going to have two cars run this season, full-time this season. Um, Reed Sorensen is going to be in the number 55 car at Daytona, Michael Walter, as you mentioned, will run his 30th Daytona 500 um, in the 15 car. Now, to sort of backtrack a little bit, that car got their charter. They bought the charter from H. Scott Motorsports and then sold their charter from last year to the 77 car with Eric Jones. A little confusing there, no doubt about it. But they have the charter, they have one charter in their possession, and their charter is from the 15 car last year with Clint Borderan. Uh, and that's where Michael got his charter from. But this 83 team, you know, the thing is for me um, – What's in it for BK Racing? Uh, you know, BK Racing, why wouldn't you want to run uh, guaranteed into the races? And that's why I think, you know, you always got to keep in the back of your mind the fact that there's that, that rule where you can't finish in the bottom three in chartered teams. Uh, you can't finish in the bottom three three years in a row because if you do, um, you can have the potential to lose your charter. And that's why I think maybe there's going to be a team that we don't see coming and, and going to run some cup races, and they say, hey, they can finish higher in owner points than what we think we can do in the 83. Lease that charter out, get that high enough in owner points to where we'll have another three years to sort of build our program up a little bit and get that to where we, we don't have to be in the bottom three in owner points. I think it's a very big possibility, but who? You know, and, and I haven't heard anything. I know you you said you haven't heard anything either about a team coming up, but that's very, very um, interesting. And, and one final point here as, as we end this show, and again – Great stuff from Jeff Green tonight. If you if you missed the interview with Jeff Green, please go to our Facebook page. Uh, go to speedwaymedia.com. Click on the Talking in Circles link there. 
um, and it'll bring you right to this show. It'll bring you all to all our shows, and just click on the Jeff Green interview, and you'll hear it. Uh, it was a great interview, so if you missed it, please do that. Um, one final point here. Michael Walter, we mentioned him, announced today he's going to run in his 30th and final day 2500. Been trying to run a 500 a lot here. Only going to be the fourth driver ever to run in at least 30 day 2500s. They'll join Dave Marcus, Richard Petty, and Terry Labonte in that category as, as drivers who run at least 30 day 2500s. So um, Michael's a two time 500 champion, you know, has really, really relegated his, his, uh, his driving career down to basically Daytona. Um, so, listen, Zach, I think with Aaron's aboard in that car, Premium Motorsports, obviously they don't, they don't compete for wins on, on, on any, any other track besides the super speedways. Michael, I think, is going to have a big engine in that car like he did last year with, with uh, TRD engines. Um, he, had a, he, had a big, he had a good engine in that car, I should say, uh, with BK Racing a year ago in the 83, and now I think he's going to have a, a, a good engine. 15, sort of a farewell race for Michael Waltrip. Do you think he has a shot to pull off his third 500 this year in that 15 car? Um, uh, I mean, I believe so. I mean, he certainly has the ability to do it. He's shown that before. Um, it's certainly going to just depend on the car, but uh, as you know, and every, everybody knows that uh, anybody can win at Daytona, as we saw uh, six years ago with Trevor Bain in the, in the Wood Brothers. So, um, what I'm hoping for is a great finish for Michael Waltrip, not only for him, but for Premium Motorsports to, to get that funding um, because the Daytona 500 is a huge payout for the rest of the season. So not only do I want to see Michael go off on a high note um, for what he's done for our sport, but I'd love to see Premium Motorsports get a good jump to the 2017 season. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how that team will perform at Daytona because, like I said, Michael has a deal with Toyota there. You know, his, his team ran Toyota forever. So I think he's going to have a, a good TRT engine in that car, not an engine that, that can't win the race. I think he's going to have an engine that can win the race. But Michael, to, to uh, not critique him a little bit, but it seems like he's sort of hung in the back a little bit here in these 500s to avoid wrecks. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, obviously he's not running for a championship. So I don't know how much these changes are sort of going to uh, keep him in the middle of the races because he doesn't really need the bonus points and all that. Um, but if he wants to have a shot, I think he's got to go up there and, and, and contend it and run the whole race as best as he can. Um, I, I think it's the only way he does it. And, and you have to wonder, um, you know, with Aaron's on that car and a farewell tour, I think he's going to want to run as pos- as good as he possibly can. Zach, great stuff tonight for Jeff Green. I appreciate you joining the show tonight. Uh, we uh, thank everybody for listening and talking in circles. We'll be back here next week. If you haven't already, please go to our Facebook page, go to our Twitter page, hit that like button. Uh, you'll hear more great stuff from us as the weeks go along. We're getting ready for Speed Week. We can't wait. Good night, everybody.